It's great to be together again. Hopefully you can see, uh, can you see a, a slide? I can't see them. Oh, I'm not gonna be able to see them. In the, in the okay, there should be one called 25th of July or pre-season. Um, anyway, point being, a, a phrase spoke to me last week from Dave Holden's uh, talk, which was when he said uh, that he wasn't match fit. And I don't know if you uh, feel that way yourself, uh, whether physically uh, or not, but spiritually, I think was what Dave was referring to. He said he doesn't feel match fit. And uh, if you've ever been involved in a, in a sports team, maybe you've been part of pre-season. And uh, pre-season is a time to prepare. It's a time to get yourself ready for the demands of your sport. And I used to, uh, when I used to play football, I had a guy called Francis who was my manager and pre-season, he used to refer to as Francis's house of pain. Uh, and what would happen is we were a football team. He would get the footballs out and uh, he would hold them up, a bag of footballs, and he'd say, enjoy this while you can. You're not going to see them for several weeks. And then he would hide the footballs. And then occasionally he would bring them out on a session, a training session. And he'd say, right, we're getting the balls out today. You have to hold the ball above your head whilst you're running. And that would be the extent of uh, that sort of first bit. But he delighted. That's a picture of Francis there. He's the kind of guy who could get away with being called Francis. Um, my sister wanted to call me Francis. I don't think it would have quite had the same gravitas. Um, but <clears throat> Francis' house of pain and his particular favourite activities were, if you can see there's a football pitch there. I think it's hard to see the, the measurements, but... Um, was to do so widthways across the pitch. So that's it's probably about 50 metres, and you had to go there, back, there, back, there, back in under a minute. And then you would finish, and you would do it again, and then you would do it again. And if you could do it three times in a row and be under a minute every single time, he would say, OK, you're fit enough for the season. And then his other activity, activity that he liked to do, which is my, probably my most hated, was increased demand, as they call it, which is where you start and you jog one quarter of the pitch. You jog the whole length of the width of the pitch around the outside the circumference, is that what that would be called? Um, and then you go, you sprint one side and then jog the rest. Sprint two sides, jog the rest. Sprint three sides, jog the rest. Sprint the whole way round, jog a whole lap. Then you'd sprint it all and work your way back down. And this was old school fitness. This was, if you've eaten a meal beforehand, you probably were going to see it again <laughs> type of uh, activities. It was Francis' house of pain. His other favourite activity was to, uh, say, assume the press-up position. And then he would have five stages. One, two three, four, and then five was your chest just hovering above the ground. And one time we were uh, doing this and some, some boys turned up late to training and we were in position five and he proceeded to, proceeded to tell these boys off for what felt like an age while we held position five, which made those boys very unpopular with everyone else. Pre-season has changed it's not like that anymore. I mean, some places it still is. There, was all, there used to be this mindset that actually you had to push people beyond what they were physically capable of and mentally capable of in order to make them tough 
actually things have progressed a little bit and you still have to push yourself, but there are a lot smarter ways to do things. We are in a time of pre-season. The church, Christ first, is in a time of pre-season. I don't know how you feel. I would say I'm not, I agree with Dave Holden, I'm not match fit at the moment. And so I want to encourage you to think about things that you can do to begin getting yourself match fit. If you're struggling to read your Bible, don't think, right, what I'm going to do is I am going to enter Francis' House of Pain Bible style and I'm going to read a whole book of the Bible in one sitting and I'm really going to push myself and it's going to be Leviticus. You know, <clears throat> let's, let's not push ourselves in a way that's unhelpful. Actually, what you could do is you could say, I know I haven't got the stamina to do that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a psalm every day. Or I'm going to read a chapter of Proverbs every day. Or I'm going to read a, a part of the gospel, one of the gospels every day. And I will build up my stamina. I'll do that for a week, two weeks. And then I'll do two chapters. Or maybe even that is a lot for you. And you think, I just, I just need to reflect on a couple of verses. So I'm just going to read as much of a chapter until a verse stands out to me. And then I'm going to think about that verse for the rest of the day. Maybe your prayer life is something you think, I just haven't got the stamina for. I, haven't got the, I can't mentally keep myself on task. And when I sit down to pray or when I go to, to walk and pray, I find myself distracted. Let's not beat yourself up. Actually, let's, let's try and build our stamina gradually. Okay, I'm going to spend some time praying. I've drifted off. I've distracted. Oh, I'll bring myself back. I'm going to pray about these two or three things. And then I'm going to just say, oh, that's what I've, I've done what I'm going to do. And then if you can do a bit extra, that's fine. If you know, actually... Financially, I've, I've tightened the belt. I've, sort of, I've been a bit cautious about what I'm giving away, what, how I'm stretching myself. Maybe, as Tom's just outlined for us, I've become a bit enamoured with riches. Maybe this is a time for, to stretch yourself in pre-season. Can I give five pounds more? Yeah, I can. Okay. Can I start giving something? Pre-season, let's stretch ourselves. Let's... <clears throat> I'm not saying go and run a marathon. I'm saying let's begin to build up our stamina. Do the right things at a low level so that we can increase and build them up so we can get fit. We're probably going to go over by about five minutes uh, just to warn you. I apologise. Um, I want to read to us I was going to tell you a story about <laughs> uh, a snack I used to have as a child, <laughs> but I'll save that for another time, maybe. <laughs> um, it's just more of a funny story, really, than anything relevant. But I, um, as a child, I used to like di digestives with butter on. That's not the bad bit. Um, <clears throat> Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a legit snack as far as I'm concerned. You'd have cheese on a digestive, wouldn't you, on a cracker? Digestive is a cracker. Everyone likes the Hovis biscuit and crackers. That's what that is, a digestive. You'd have cheese on a cracker, digestive, butter on a, 
there's pictures in there. The first time I ever made it for myself, I was young. Um, I can't remember exactly how old I was. But I went to the um, fridge and I got what I thought was the butter. And I spread it on and I was eating away. And I, can't, I think it was Adam, my brother, said to me, what are you eating? I said, oh, digestive through butter. And he said, that's not butter. And it was uh, this was, oh, was what I'd um, <coughs> removed from the, from the uh, fridge and spread. I tell you, it was actually quite nice. So, you know. <coughs> um, yeah. As Tom said, it doesn't matter what other people think of you. It's what God thinks that counts. <laughs> um, <laughs> God's judging me, yeah. There is a feast coming. There's a feast coming. Not with, well, lard might be part of the flavouring of it, but we'll keep that to ourselves. But the marriage supper of the Lamb, the wedding feast of God, that's what we're ultimately what we're looking forward to. When we have that heavenly perspective, there's a feast coming and there will be the best possible foods you can think of. That's why it's important when we eat together. It's important to eat together as the people of God. That's why that weekend... You know, basically every opportunity, let's get some food together. Let's have some food together. Because what we're doing is when we do that, we're, we're looking to that future feast when we're with, the bride is with Christ fully. And so let me read some verses to us. This is from Revelation 19. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exalt and give him the glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted to her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true words of God. And if we skip down to verse 11, this is the next thing that is seen. Then I saw heaven opened and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire and on his head are many diadems, that's crowns. And he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood. And and the name by which he is called is the word of God. And the armies of heaven arrayed, arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. And he will rule them with a rod of iron. On his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I just wanted to draw out a few things from those verses, and I'll be very quick about this. The first is that a great multitude was heard. The marriage supper of the Lamb, the wedding feast, Jesus tells a parable about that in uh, Matthew 22 and Luke 14. And it lines up with what Tom was saying in that it's not the rich, often it's the rich and the sort of the high status people, they, when they're invited, they say, oh, no, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've, got, I've just bought a field. I've just got married. I've just got this new ox that I need to look after. And actually what happens is then the person who's throwing the feast says, go and invite anyone you can find. And the point is this. Everyone is invited. We need to be sharing the gospel. We need to be inviting 
to that supper, that, that wedding feast, everyone, not just the people you think, oh, they're, they're quite a nice person. They'll probably, they'd be easy to get, to, to sort of change them over from a Christian. They just need to add a little bit extra onto them. Actually, sometimes it's the people that we least expect or we think, man, what a hopeless cause. I wonder how many of us in here would have referred to ourselves as hopeless causes before God broke into our lives. <clears throat> Everyone is invited. As the servants of Christ, as the followers of Christ, we need to go out and invite even those we wouldn't expect to respond. <clears throat> and then it says this, it, the bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. The fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. It's time for the church to do righteous deeds. There is opportunity to do righteous deeds, perhaps now more than ever, it's accessible to us. God has granted it to the church to do and carry on the mission of Christ. That's what we're meant to do. Ephesians 2 tells us that God has prepared good works in advance for us that we might walk in them. I don't know if you've <clears throat> been to a wedding and you thought, maybe your own wedding, and you saw the bride and you thought, wow, she's really you know, put some effort in. Um, <laughs> but that's the church when the church is there and we look and you can see the rest of you're obviously you're kind of looking at yourself and you're thinking man I put some effort in that's what, you, that's what the church will be like arrayed dressed in fine linen bright and pure it's the righteous deeds of the saints what are those righteous deeds that you can walk in Giving, serving, loving. Again, let's, it's pre-season. Let's stretch ourselves. Let's, okay, just going to do a little bit. Okay, that, that was okay. I can, I can go again. Oh, that hurt. I'm going to go again with the same until it doesn't hurt. Then I can stretch myself more. And then finally, I just wanted to remind us of that description from verse 11 onwards. Behold a white horse and the one sitting on it called Faithful and True. We can have confidence in God. He is the victor, the winner. He isn't a baby in a manger. We don't worship a baby in a manger. We don't worship, there's, a, there's an image there you can see. We don't worship a baby in a manger. We don't worship a carpenter crucified. We don't even go to a, a tomb and worship a corpse that's enshrined there. We worship a living God, the victor. He's not a baby in a manger. He's not nailed to a cross. He isn't buried in a tomb. He is a warrior. He's got an army. We can have confidence. We can behold the rider. So I just wanted to remind us of these, these few things, that everyone is invited, that it's been granted to you to do righteous deeds to glorify Christ and to remember, to behold the rider, remember who we're serving. We're not serving a weak, feeble, oh, it's 50-50. The victory is guaranteed. So I want to pray for us and then we'll finish. <clears throat> Father, I thank you for our time together this morning. 
I thank you that we can be together as the family of God's. I thank you that we can pursue a life lived well, a life pursuing righteous deeds, pursuing righteousness, that we might be a glorious bride, that we might even be just you know, a glorious sequin on the, the bride's dress or a piece of lace or whatever, Lord, that we might be that, just a small part of that glory of the church. So Lord, I pray that we would be those who want to give good Good efforts, we want to make good strides towards stretching ourselves, stretching ourselves in giving of our lives, of our time and our money, stretching ourselves in giving ourselves to your word, stretching ourselves in giving ourselves to prayer, continually giving ourselves to prayer, to seeking you, to being filled with the Spirit, to asking you, what have you got? For me today? Who have you got for me to talk to today? Who are you going to bring across my path that I might share your love with them? Lord Jesus, I pray that we would go after a life lived well for your glory. In your name I ask these things. Amen. Amen.